Celebrating nine years of pop culture, past and present, this is the DJ Bob Show. Happy birthday to us. Nine years of pop culture, past and present. Have we got a great show for you. And a guy who played a bear might stop by too. by joining the Bob Bear. Hi, this is Bear from Bear in the Big Blue House. And Noel McNeil. Hi, this is Noel McNeil. A performer of Bear on Bear in the Big Blue House and now author of 10 Minute Puppets. We also talked to Bear himself at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern. That was the first promo for our interview with Noel. Let's check in with him to celebrate our ninth birthday. Enjoy our chat. You've been on our show for seven of the nine years that we've been on, which is crazy. <laughs> yes, I have. In fact, remember I sent you the the original email you sent me? Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've been honored to be like a repeat guest on the DJ Bob show. Yeah, different audiences, different networks, but you've always been here. So I have to ask you, what was that first, like, impression of the email that you got from that 17-year-old kid who wanted to talk to one of his childhood heroes? I think I embarrassed myself. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, I was like, I mean, I guess back, I mean, when you contacted me, this kind of thing was relatively like still starting out yeah. and still kind of new, the whole concept of it. So I thought it was very like interesting that, um, you know, somebody wanted to do this in general. And then, you know, 17 year old kids like, Oh, okay. It, it, to me, I always think of podcasts now as sort of like, 
the new radio because people just like listen to them as if they were, you know, listening to the radio. Yep. So it's kind of like weird how citrical technology can be. I mean, that's why, you know, records have suddenly come back with a vengeance and turntables are like flying off the shelves. So it was very interesting. And so it was just like, oh, okay. So it's like an, an, an interview show like on the radio. So I thought, okay. And then when I uh, originally talked to you, I, uh, I realized that it would be um, a challenge because of the fact that you have cerebral palsy, but that wasn't going to stop you from doing it. It's like it's 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 not it's not a dead end. No, it cannot. It's just just like just one more factor, and just like oh, of of who you are, but it's not defining who you are. So I thought, okay, good for him. So that's why I wanted to to do it, and um, pretty much my profession is all about not not doing the norm anyway. So I was like, sure. If I can remember too, it was live. We recorded it live and it was, everybody heard it in real time. Yes, it was. It was live. And I, I remember talking to you and I was actually at the, (laughs) I was actually at this little mall in Manhattan and talking to you because uh, and I found like this nice little quiet place on the side, and <clears throat> started uh, started chatting to you. And then you yeah. called back at like eleven o'clock at night. We didn't get what we yes. wanted, and you called back. Yes. <laughs> See the early days of, like the early days of radio, the early days of podcast. And so I remember that part. Things would so ha- vividly. <laughs> wow. I, I totally forgot that. And I had to go to bed. <laughs> you kept me up, dude. Yeah, so so the mean man who wiggles the bear doll is keeping him up. And so, yes, you can blame me. That's fine. But you still graduated. Yep. So yep. it wasn't too lost. But, yes, yeah, like the early days of podcasts. Like sometimes you have to make sure that, you know, it's recording, that everything. I've done other podcasts, too, where occasionally like the uh, – the person has said, oh, no, we weren't rolling, or somehow it stopped rolling. I love oh, when that happens. Yeah, so it stopped, and we've gone on for, like, almost a half an hour, and suddenly they've noticed, oh, we've stopped recording. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. My so favorite thing I've ever done, which I did an interview, I recorded it, it was great, and I checked, I hang up the phone call, and... um we weren't recording, so I was talking to no one that entire time. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. Thankfully, it was nobody, like, major. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, occasionally, like, things like that happen. I've had, and I've done other podcasts. I have friends who, um, who um, do podcasts, and... They, they've also gone through the growing pains of making sure everything is set up, everything is right. I had to actually, there was a, there's a, a kid in England who uh, I did his podcast, and for some reason, it just didn't, and it was recording and everything was recorded, but for some reason, the, 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 the quality was just bad when he played it all back. Did so, it go up? So, so, 
so 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 I don't know. So I don't I don't know like the actual like what happened. And apparently neither did he because he thought everything was fine. So oh. then like over like about a month or so later, or maybe two months later, I just we just did the whole thing all over again, but this time it all came out, so it was it was fine. So yes, it could be uh, tricky, but you know that happens. It's so but funny. It, I tried to dig up the first interview we did, and it was my God, it was unlistenable, dude. <laughs> it was bad. The audio quality was terrible. The quality distorted and the audio quality was just off. Yeah, never want to yes, hear that again. <laughs> Yes. So I was like, so you can like maybe pull like a snippet or two, but yeah, but maybe not the whole thing. Just like, like certain little, little moments of it, or perhaps someday they will have advanced technology so that you could go back and like tweak it so that the quality could come the way they, the way you could do it with photographs at some point, they'll be, they'll be able to do it with audio and you'll be able to well, tweak it. Well, you can do what you can just, with what you have. Yeah. But on that note, what are some of your favorite podcasts to listen to or to be on? I'm really curious. Oh, favorite podcast? Well, this one, duh. Because um, <laughs> we go way back. Yeah. And the fact that, uh, you know, that um, you grew up, like, watching, like, the shows that I was on was is very flattering. So, and, and, uh, and then I got to meet, like, through the airwaves, got to meet your crew, who are very funny, and and then then finally got to meet you and DJ Mom, which was awesome. <laughs> Coming out to your neck of the woods for this puppetry slam, and finally got to, to meet DJ Mom, who's awesome. Um, so yeah, and then there's I mean there's other podcasts that have been on like um, there's um, um, Getting Felt Up, which is another podcast, and it's all about. Puppetry and people ever. and yes, and it's my friends Daniel Becker, Baker and, and um, Nate Beagle, and they who did is the, the voice of the show now, the DJ Bob show. Exactly, Nate Beagle is now the voice of DJ Bob show, and he is also uh, Mr. Announcer on my show, the Show Me Show on YouTube. So yes, Nate, Nate has a great voice. I mean, we um, we. We're able to hang out with him in Florida when uh, my family and I were there at the end of May, and we had dinner with him. And I just asked him, "How how are you able to do like these voices?" And he just like did like several of them at the table. There's like there's his announcer voice, and then there's another announcer voice, and then there's the narrator voice, and then there's the kids, and there's this other kid. And it's just like, and he was just able to like just do it. And he reminded me a lot of um, actor Jim Dale because Jim Dale has actually won an award for his reading of the Harry Potter books and his creating distinctive tones for each character, which is unbelievable. And so it's a real art to be able to be the narrator of, of a book. You're not just like sitting there reading a book. I remember one time when my son was little, uh, we went and visited uh, a friend of ours and his little boy, my little boy, uh, were friends. And so we stayed over. And I remember uh, the dad was reading a bedtime story. And it was 
kind of like listening to an auctioneer reading Good Night Moon. It oh was my just, God, like, really? Just, like, he just like he just like rattled through it with no tone, no inflection, no emotion. Just like just going through the motions, like wow. Now that said, please read to your children. Just do it. Just read because exposure like that is immeasurable. It's yeah. Like, it really, it really does count. That said, if you could just put a little bit of a performance in it. Exactly. <laughs> Funnily <laughs> enough, my note to Nate when he started doing voiceover stuff for me was just do Disney Channel, but like dial it back a bit. And he really got that right away. Oh, yeah. Away. There you go. Exactly. that. Nate is also the voice. He's the announcer of the Wendy Williams show. I don't know if people know that. And so um, it's, it, it's, it's great. So he has a, I'm so glad he, he found this niche and has been able too. to make it successful. Because he's done – if you go to audible.com, the app, there's so many books that he has narrated for – not only for kids, but for, for adults as well, how-to books. And it's really good. He's also part of um, this um, great Audible book by my friends, the pop-ups, Jason and uh, Jacob. Yeah, I heard that. Jukebox Joyride. And I'm one of the voices on there as well. And it's a really fun, it's a really fun listen. to. Uh, and there's something very soothing about somebody reading a story to you and just, like, just plugging in and just leaning back and just – like you know, tell me a story, and it's uh, it's it's very it's it's very soothing. It's um, I know it's taken off because of the people uh, in other parts of the country. People are like trapped in cars on their commute or on the train with their commute, so they listen to it. But now also like you know on um, um, people at workouts or sometimes just in the afternoon, and also it's become really big for kids now. The kids have devices they can also just plug in and listen to it and like listen to a story that's somebody just tell them a story which is which is wonderful so and audible actually has several originals which i didn't know it's, it's, it's kind of like yeah you know, that's a new thing that's a new thing now yeah just like netflix and hulu having originals now like audible has originals and they will be like read to you which is really fun so so uh yeah nate's Nate's done that as well as the um, the podcast. So th- those are really good pod like yours and and theirs are two podcasts that I I've, I've always liked to do. I love puppeteers yeah. too. Yes, I got to do I got to do that for the first time. They're great, my friend Adam, and his friend, and it was it was great. It was um, I've never was, met them. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, and they're lo- they're based in Buffalo, where my wife. Susan Elia McNeil, the author of the Maggie Hope Mysteries, available on Amazon. So that's where she's from, and so I—that's um, where they are. And so I got to, uh, to hang out with them the last time I was—I was up there. And yeah, Adam is a really great puppet builder, and he has this really popular channel on YouTube where you can learn how to build puppets and mechs for puppets. And then they have the podcast called Puppeteers, spelled with a T R S. And yes, and it's just like the tales of, you know, manipulation and animation. And I love that. It's really great. It's it's it, it was really fun to be able to to talk to them. Um, and it, and like I said, it's very it's very popular. And um, so yeah, I got to got to be on that one as well. And 
There's so many different types of podcasts out there. And I don't know if you know this, Noel, but when I was starting this show, I was doing a top 40 radio show, pop music, what every other radio station did. But I decided that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about doing stuff on my childhood. But I thought it would be too weird. And it's not. Yeah. And I always had that fear of, will people think it's weird? No, everybody, it's, 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 it's not weird. It's, it's, everybody is so unique and everybody is so different that, you know, the fact that you, you're, 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 um, when you share things like that, it helps somebody realize, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not doing it as much anymore. I'm more like mixing it with other things. No, yeah. But, you know, I still mix it in from time to time. But one of my favorite things I did was reconnect you with Radio Disney's BB Good. Yes. Yeah, she was she was great. I remember when, when I did a bear appearance and uh, I got to go down there and... Uh, Bear got to be on her show. Now, because it's radio, I didn't have to actually have physically Bear there. So, but it was still really fun. And she was, she was great. And uh, I loved the whole concept of her show. It was just like, it was fun. And she was fun too. And, uh, and, and the station was right there in the, the Disney MGM studios. And I'm sorry, it will always be the, the MGM studios. Thank studio. you. <laughs> I don't care what you. I don't care what you're doing. It's still the MGM studio, so it's like, forget it. And and it was great that she had her her booth like right there, and then she would pull people from the park and actually have them on the air. It was great, and uh, I wish they would um, do more of that. Uh, well, again. Radio Disney gone now. Exactly. That's what it's 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 a shame because it was such a it was such a cool little um, thing. And yeah, it doesn't even exist anymore, which is which is a shame. Now. Yeah, they relocated but, to California, and they're on satellite. Yeah, exactly. So it's a uh, it's a shame that they've uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure it has to do with you know cutting cars and costs and what's more efficient and so yeah. So, but on yeah. a cooler note, I got to reconnect you to which was a real cool thing. I worked really hard on that, and I'm really glad that it turned out so good, and you guys had a good time. Yeah, it was great, because I, I hadn't seen or talked to BB since that time, so it had been a few years, and so when she came on, it was such a great surprise to hear yeah, her voice I again. Yeah, when first started talking to her, she casually brought you up, and I was like, well, the holidays are coming up, but I know him. <laughs> so what can I, like, I I know him what can I do yeah exactly it was a great it was a great Christmas gift it was it was a great Christmas gift I remember that it was like it was awesome so yeah so the next question I'm shocked that I've never asked you considering I'm such a big fan of Bear <laughs> but as you know there are cycle songs that go throughout the show like Queen of the House and Everybody in the Tub right but do you have favorites that only appeared once? Um, there were so many really great songs written by P. 
Peter Lurie, who was the music director, and then David Yazbek, who's gone on to have a wonderful career on Broadway. Yeah, yeah, he's not doing much <laughs> at all. Uh, yeah, so I think, um, oh, wow. It's like, they're just, I think, um, just right off the top of my head, it was the, um, it was the, um, the song uh, Baron Luna sang called uh, uh, Beauty of the Night. I, oh, yeah, Brian wrote that. Yes, Brian Woodbury, too, yes. And that was one. The other one that popped in my head now was uh, Shadow's Lullaby because of the fact that I told uh, the producers, like, you know, like Tara Mooney, who was the voice of Shadow, has a beautiful voice, and we never hear her sing. And there was this whole show about nighttime. I said, can we give Shadow a song? And so they came up with this song called Shadow's Lullaby, which is just beautiful and has that great Celtic kind of tone to it. I love that. Yes, and it was it was wonderful. It was such a um, a great uh, addition to to the character. The fact that you know the song suggests that you know shadows actually help you go to sleep, and we're always there and you know gently watching and um, helping you have good dreams. And it was just a, it's a beautiful little song, and I, I love that. So it's, those those actually tie for like my favorite outside of like the cycle songs you guys tackled so many different styles and that's almost unheard of in children's shows we did that was that was what was so great about the show it wasn't like a kitty show yeah. and even even the theme was just very enough off kilter it was so that, very like SNL and jazzy yeah. and yeah it was cool yeah, yeah, it was jazzy and just like up and just very kind of like it wasn't. It didn't follow very, uh, It didn't follow like a normal through line. It was like boom over here and boom over there and oh over here and over there and just kept going. And then at the end, kind of like pulling it all together for the chorus. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the big blue house. And yeah, and it was great and it just worked so well. It's really funny to hear it in, in other languages if you go on YouTube. Oh yeah, I've spent hours doing just that. Just hearing it be it's sung fun. in other. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I just like the goodbye song too. Just have it, just like have it in different languages, and uh, it's really it's really funny to to hear. But yeah, we did a lot of really good songs on the show, and the style was great, and that's what made it very accessible for adults to be able to sit through. Was the fact that it wasn't quote a kiddie show, and the songs weren't dumbed down, and they, they weren't definitely weren't. And uh, yeah, there was this, there was this, there was a whole. Uh, there was a theme for one of the shows that was called Words. And Bear sang oh, this yes. the word. It was like this gospel thing. And for some season, suddenly, Trio's in the foreground with this keyboard. Yes. And he's this gospel keyboard. Because it's like, you know, it's a puppet show. What the hell? <laughs> so, yeah, of course, of course, the lemur can play a, a keyboard in gospel style. And we're just, we're just great. <laughs> now I got to dig it up. Yeah, it was. It's great. It is. It was. It was so wonderful. And uh, and again, that that kind of style. And uh, and then there was the song of the rhythm. The rhythm of life was very kind of like this French kind of cabaret style. I love that I, one. Well, I think that and, Mitchell who wrote that. And I, yes, he wrote that one. And it's exactly what he was going for. He was going for that sort of French cabaret kind of style. He and loves your good musical so, number. Yeah, 
he was he was very appreciative of the of the different styles of music because the whole point of the show was exploration and discovery first in your home and then for the final season in the world around you so the fact that you're exposing kids and a few adults to these different styles of music is great so then i'm hoping that have as the years have gone by there are kids who've been in high school and college and going to any kind of music majors out there and realized oh yeah that was like that song that i heard on bear like that time so which is over do you remember the first song you recorded for the show? I know it's been like 20-something years, but... Oh, it's, it was probably Water. It was probably the Water song. It's just like, Water, Water, Water. It was just because that was the song for the, uh, the pilot. Now, if there was a show on children's television that you haven't written for, that you would like to write for, because you wrote for Bear and things like that, but is there a show that you would have enjoyed to work on during that time period? Is there anything that, like, sticks out in your head? It's an interesting question. Oh, um, I guess, um, the 90s was great because it had so many... Yeah, that's uh, why I asked you. Great, great kid shows from the, the start with Eureka's Castle right up to the end with, um, with Bear and, um, Between the Lions. Um, I don't know. It's like, I actually got to write for at least several of them. I, I mean, I wrote for... Eureka, I wrote for Puzzle, I wrote for Bear. Uh, I guess maybe Lions, I would have liked to have written a uh, script because that was uh, a fun show and I got to be in it at, at the end for the last two seasons. But Lions was very great. It's kind of kind of like if the electric company met the humor of, of uh, Sesame and the Muppet Show. And uh, because it was, it was uh, Norman Stiles and Chris Surf and Michael Frith and so it had that that very uh, irreverent kind of style to it, while still having the curriculum drive. So it would have been fun to have written for that. But, uh, but I did get to write, I even got to write for the, for the Magic School Bus, which was awesome. Uh, so, um, How did something yeah. like Go Go Island happen? I've always wondered that. Oh, oh, uh, Gullah Gullah was, um, it was a, uh, Noise and Laybourne and uh, uh, Eli Noise and uh, Kit Laybourne and they were um, Kit was involved with uh, Eureka's Castle because his wife Jerry Laybourne was the head of Nickelodeon at the time and so the the uh, the puppet workshop that built the puppets for Eureka's Castle they built the frog Binya Binya for uh, Gullah Gullah and I knew the uh, the head writer, and so he asked, like, Noel, would you be interested in writing a script for it? So I said, sure. And so I wrote this script, it was called, um, it was called The Magic Show. And it's basically uh, the kid, uh, the older kid, is trying to do a magic trick. And it's a, a magic show, and it's just not working. And so he tells his mom, who's always encouraging and always, you know, supports him, that he said, that's it, I'm going to quit. And so that's the moment usually when, typically in a kid show, that's when um, the adult comes around and puts their arm around him and sings this, you know, supporting song about you can do it and all that. And I thought, what if we did the opposite? And so as soon as he says he's going to give up, she says, okay. And his immediate reaction is like, what do you mean? And she's like, fine. 
And he's like, no, you're supposed to. And then the song turns into him telling her what he's supposed to, what she's supposed to say to him. And so uh, it was a nice little like uh, turnaround. And so at the end, I realized, well, he has to come up with a really good magic trick. So I, can't, I, I remember this trick that I did when I was a kid. And it was this uh, disappearing box thing. And it worked out. It worked out really well. So, uh, yeah, so that's how I, I wrote for, uh, for that. <laughs> when I heard that you wrote for it, I was kind of shocked. But given the Eureka connection, it really makes sense. Yeah, it was all, yeah, it was like, it was an insidious little time back in the 90s. And it was like so many, like, people on one show ended up working on another show. And they would call. And it's like, oh, are you free to do this? You're free to do that. So, yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, uh. I miss that now with uh, with uh, kids shows because it's yeah so everybody sad. knew each other yeah everybody yeah there was everybody knew each other and knew of each other and so there was uh, more of like a connection and a, and a network I'm sure there is now with with um, the animation writers because kids, so many kids shows now are animated but um, I'm not uh, not aware of it although I did write for um, there was. Um, it's, it was a show on on Netflix, and it was um, uh, oh god, what was it? Oh yeah, it was Andy song. worked on it. Yeah, Andy, yeah, and yeah, Andy Yerkes, and he called me and asked, "Noah, would you write a couple of scripts for this?" And it was about this little frog and his friends who travel around the world. So it was teaching. I forget geography. what he called. I saw it. I know that. Yeah, it's like just blanking on my name, like ah, but it's on Netflix. It, it, it was a it was a cue. So I wrote two shows. Because I got to, um, they listed locations, and you got to pick if um, somebody hadn't already chosen. So I chose New Orleans because of um, I've been there, and also my family on my father's side is from New Orleans. And then the other one was Yosemite National Park, and uh, so I, I, I chose those two, and it was uh, it was great, and it was fun. I love the content you write for Bear, but I love the other content too because kind of get swept under the rug. Nobody pays attention to the writers. And that bugs me. No, exactly. So It happens with everything. It happens with multi-million dollar movies. Yeah, anything. It doesn't have to be children's entertainment. No, no. it's like plays on Broadway. Anything. TV shows. Like It's like you think the actors really just walk out on stage or walk in front of the camera and they just start to like say these words and these lines out of their mouths like no it's like it took somebody to actually sit down and write them and yeah so it starts with like and that's why there's certain things like for the academy awards when they when they mention now um the nominees for best screenplay or adapted screenplay and they actually show the scene but they actually showed how at least i remember one ceremony they showed the words and showed the description as, and somebody read the They've description. They've done that. I've happening. seen that before. Yeah, so just just to get the connection, like this was on paper once, <laughs> and somebody actually wrote this, and so it didn't just happen. And so yeah, it's 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 good that writers get the acknowledgement that uh, they deserve. My wife Susan is a, is a is a writer, and I shamelessly plug her all the time, but with her. Um, her Maggie Hope mystery series, it's, I'm still, I, I still tell her, I'm still in awe and floored by the, by your creativity and how you can come up with each book being so distinct and so different 
and yet still having that connection of characters that you created. And she just she's editing book number nine, and now she's about to start number ten. And would you ever more- write a book or a novel or something like that? I think that'd be cool. Oh, sure, I, I'd love to. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, it's like I actually have a couple standing by. But the thing is, it's like with uh, with you know with agents. You know, it's it's very it's it's kind of like auditioning, and so it's just it's like whether or not they that particular person likes that particular book. But I always think of you know that woman in England who had like something like thirty to fifty rejections for her book until finally that one person at the right time saw it and and read this book about this boy with a scar on his forehead who turns out to be a wizard. And thought, oh, this might be interesting, and that's how it happened. So it's just like it's like the right person at the right time. You never really know. You never know exactly. It's so arbitrary. It's so subjective, and it you can't with writing with auditioning. You can't let it reflect who you are. It's like it's that person's decision, that person's judgment. I've auditioned for many things, and. Have not gotten it, and you know, yeah, you, you're allowed to like feel disappointed, but just remind yourself, like, no, it's their decision. It's like it has nothing to do with you. You were good, you were fine, and, and that's the thing. If you can walk away thinking, no, I'm, I'm, I, I did everything I could, and if they still didn't want it, well, that's up to them. That's not on me. And the thing with writing too is like, it really helps. If you have a really good friend, if you have somebody who you really trust, who will sit down with your work and read it and say, okay, tell me honestly, what do you think of this? And I what hate do I that when people are like, oh, it's great. That's great. It's like, no, it's like, no, it's not great. It's like, that, that's one thing I, I love about Susan is that she'll give me her, her, her writing and let me read it and I'll go through it and I'll, and it, and I'll make notes, and I'll put things in, or I'll cross something out. Um, over time, I've done less of that because her writing has just gotten better and better and better. But I'll still like put in like certain like description, or I'll just say, or I'll just put in parentheses after I say more. It's like more. We want more of this. Like yeah. What, what is, or like what are they doing? Like you have this great conversation, but it's like what are they doing? Like where are we? And it's like we just want more of this. And uh, one thing she does is great. She puts smells in, like a scene. Like so many people don't put a smell. That's in interesting. Their yeah, it's like, what does it smell like? And it's like, and so yeah, the smell is very. Uh, the more description, the better. Yeah, exactly. So that you're actually there. You're not just reading it. You're actually there. And so if you have that one person who. Uh, is actually able to do that. Luckily, Susan has me and our friend, uh, Iger Barone, who's a great um, source to go to. She has actually, Idria, her husband Rick, actually set up our websites of uh, my Show Me Show website and Susan's website. So if you need a website built, go to Idria Barone. You're all she- about the promo <laughs> today. <laughs> I share the wealth. So yeah. it's like, if you need that, like, like go to them, and uh, it's 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 great. <clears throat> and so, yeah. So don't, you know, don't give up. Just just keep trying. Just 
just try. That's all. Just try. My mom always said, you haven't failed if you've tried. So there you go. So I have so a few questions before we wrap up. Cool. You've got a lot going on. Tell us a bit about it. Because it's all pretty awesome, dude. I want to hear about it. Um, I've been, um, well, I've, uh, what I did on my summer vacation so far, um, this summer, I have been filling in for Big Bird on what's been called Big Bird's Road Trip for season 50 coming up this fall um, for the show. The first 10 episodes, Big Bird is traveling across the country and visiting 10 cities along the way and asking kids like what they like and what's really great about their city and showing iconic spots of the city. And so for the bulk of them, I've been able to be Big Bird while Matt Vogel's done other stuff. And uh, then Matt will dub his Big Bird voice over my Big Bird voice. And then um, you'll get to see it this fall. And Big Bird has visited cities like, um, starting with New York and then Washington, and Pittsburgh, Detroit, um, Chicago, Dallas. Uh, this week, Matt is in his hometown of Kansas City. Uh, next week, I go to uh, Denver, Colorado. Then after that is Seattle, and then finally Los Angeles. And so I've been doing that. It's actually been really fun, like seeing these cities. A couple of cities I've never been to. I've been to Pittsburgh, which is a great city, and Chicago, which is also a wonderful city. I've never been to Denver, and <clears throat> I'm looking forward to that next week. Um, I know a few people <clears throat> in Denver. They're really cool. You met them. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and then Seattle, I've been to, Susan's never been to Seattle, but that's on our bucket list. And my son, Matt, is coming with us too, because Susan and Matt are coming. And he's looking forward to seeing the first Starbucks, which originated in Seattle. And I said, you'll, you'll probably, you, you will pass seven on the way, I'm not kidding. And then after that, we'll, we'll head back to Los Angeles and spend a few days in Los Angeles, since I'm doing bird there. And then we'll hang out and, and do that. Um, the other news that I'm really proud of is that I now have an agent to book me into Comic-Con. Oh my God, that's awesome. Tim, his name is Tim Bendig, and he's on um, Facebook, and he has his, 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 his company on Facebook. And he also represents uh, two other puppeteers you might have heard of. One is Steve Whitmire, and the other is Carol Spinney. That's so and cool. So, um, I've talked to him and we chatted and um, he now represents me and he so far has me uh, booked on several uh, cons um, um, this year and then into next year. And his, uh, um, his company, I'm looking it up now so I get it. Get it right because he is the he is the president and producer of in person productions. There it is. I know him. That's it, Tim of of in person productions, and he will be representing me. And uh, he's already got me booked for uh, several cons uh, coming up this year and next year. So are they be, announced or uh, no? Uh, not yet because uh, still have to like finalize um, paperwork and all that. But there there'll be a couple. Uh, there's one really big one this fall, which I'm really looking forward to because I've always wanted to, to go to this one in the fall. And then there are uh, a few uh, next year um, into, I mean, 
somebody booked um, booked me into like July and like October of next year. So just like he just he wakes up, he is dedicated. He wakes up and he starts like like on the emails and occasionally on the phone and getting contact and seeing who is he like what how would be a good fit and and there are cons that he's done before and he realized like yep this would be a good fit. Yeah, I'd love to see you at one of them because I've never been to a Comic Con before. It'd be great. Cons are great. It's, it's 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 if there's a con in your in your area, if it's small, like you know, check it out. Go to it because I'm just a little nervous about the crowd and stuff with the wheelchair and all that. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. If you start with like a small con, like you know, a nice a nice con, and if you like a lot of cons. Are either Saturday or Sunday. Some start Friday. Sometimes it's it's best to go like on a Friday because it's still not as crowded as the weekend would be. And if you go early enough, like on a Saturday, like go early, like Saturday morning, and then you can check it out. And it just depends on the size. Because cons, there's a con somewhere in the United States every weekend. I'm it's, it, I'm not kidding. Except for maybe like Christmas weekend, there's like a con going on somewhere somewhere. And it, they, they run in gamut. They're not as huge and crazy like San Diego or New York. Some of them are really nice and small. Like I've done Northeast Comic Con in, um, in the Boston area. Gary Summers runs that. And it's a great con. It's very, you would love it. It's like pop culture. And if you're not a friend of Gary's, you should become a friend of his. I will. And it's, it's great. And that's where I met Adam West. I met uh, Gigi Edgley from Farscape. We're friends now, and it's it's um it's it's a great. Didn't you meet Jim Cummingham one too? Uh yeah, I, I met him at the Atlantic City one. There was an Atlantic City one a few years ago, and I shook hands with Jim Cummings, and uh, and um, yeah, and so it just all depends upon uh, the con, and cons now are becoming more family friendly so they have more options for kids so if you bring a kid there then there's areas like my friend mike lopez now has incredicon mike and is the best and, and, and increditainment and you can hire them for your con and they'll have an area for drawing and comic book drawing and demonstrations and contests and all that so this way it makes it more fun for uh for kids as well one person i've always wanted to meet an interview with Leslie Carrara Rudolph. I've never met her. We have mutual friends. Leslie is great. She's like I've always wanted her. It's like yeah, you you you'd love Leslie. She is it's like no one else could be Abby Cadabby. It's like no one. It's like that is that is that is Leslie. And then her her own uh, Molly, her own character Molly is great. And she and Leslie has this wonderful cabaret show now, and it's. So successful! I'm so happy for her, and she's she's great. Yeah, I heard her on Getting Felt Up one time, and I thought she'd be a good guest. I really want to get her. Yes, she's she 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 would be great. She'd be a great guest. Another great guest for you would be uh, Laura McLean. I would love that. We call Lars, and she's great. She she was the puppeteer on the uh, the original Amazon series The Tick. And what puppet are you talking about, Noel? Well, the antennae, the, the tick's antennae, and she would manipulate it to reflect his 
his emotion and worked with the actor. And so she was the puppeteer for that. And so she could tell you stories about working on on that kind of show and for something that's not traditionally a puppet, but needed a puppeteer in, in order to do it. Yeah, Chris Scherf and I are working on a Between the Lions reunion podcast, too. That's that's wonderful. We all have our lions, which is fun. I, I have Lionel. Pam Arciero has uh, Leona. Peter Lentz has uh, uh, Theo. And Jen Barnhart has Cleo. Do you have any final fun DJ Bob memories? Anything to share at all? A final thought of a DJ Bob memory? Uh, Anything at all, man. (laughs) Anything. Just pull out. DJ Bob. Um, Nothing embarrassing, though. No, no, no. No, no. Never. Never embarrassing. No. Um, I don't know. It's like I've just always had like a good time with you. I mean, that's just, this is so, it's so nice. It's very, it's very, it's very comfortable. There are other podcasts where I'm on when, um, you know, it feels like you're, you know, you're being interviewed. You're being Whereas, interviewed, and I try not to do that. I really try not to because it ruins the vibe and make it really, really, really awkward. <laughs> but I try to make it like a natural conversation, and I hope that comes Well, that's across. what it is. It's like, it's, it's nice. It's nice. It's a conversation. And then when you've had your friends on, that's been funny interacting with them because it feels like we're just sitting around and like, you know, just like, you know, BSing about everything. And it's, yeah. it's been really just like nice and, and friendly and welcoming. That's the other thing. So I think the best memory is like how welcoming your show always is. I really and, try uh, to do that. Yeah. I really do try. Yeah, there you go. So where can people get in contact with you if they must? Um, if you have like, any question you want to ask me, you can email me at Noel and the Show Me Show at gmail.com. I also have a uh, two Twitter accounts. I have uh, my account on Twitter and also Know Your Host, which is the Show Me Show uh, account. And I have my Instagram page. Um, and then I have the Show Me Show Instagram page. And then on Facebook, I have the Show Me Show page, and I also have a page for my How to Make Puppet books, which is called 10 Minute Puppets, and my pretty much How to Do Anything with Cardboard book box, which is also on uh, on Facebook. And is that all the social media? I think that's it, yeah. I have the website, the Show Me Show website, which I really need to update. I'm so lax on that because, you know, I'm a, I'm a husband and a father and just like, just trying to like just <laughs> keep that going so i really need to like just, uh do that but yeah and so yeah so and and on the show me show channel on youtube uh there's more videos coming out because that's the other thing that happened was uh I, I did more videos more content that i'll start eking out and with the help of uh kelsey ann brady and jennifer himes who are two really fun talented puppeteers who are from the Orlando area. Great people too. Yes. And so, uh, and again, two people that would be really great guests for your show. They're fans of the show. They're fans. Yes. Kelsey Ann Brady is actually part of Bird Call, which is the troupe that's in Orlando who have guest starred on the Show Me Show. And so you could interview her about what it's like 
yeah. to be a puppeteer. And uh, she also works with Jennifer at uh, Universal, and occasionally she works at uh, Disney. So what's it like being a theme park puppeteer as well? So she's great, and she's really funny and really talented. So I did a couple of things. So There's Patreon too, right? Oh, and on Patreon. If you want to put support us on Patreon, it's www.patreon.com slash the show me show, and you can be a patron and be part of the show and support. Yeah. Uh, putting these little videos on YouTube. Sometimes I get them early and I'm like, oh my God, yes, I approve. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I love yes. it. So, yeah, yeah, it's like there'll be one coming up. Uh, I'll send it to the Patreon patrons first. And so there's, there's one coming up. Thank you for all your support with our show, seriously. It means a lot. No problem. We got a big anniversary next year. Gotta oh, start yeah. booking them guests. Exactly. So, got you. I mentioned several guests. You can start the contact, and if you want me to, like, you know, put in a good word for you, let me know, and I'll I'll tell them. No, he's legit. He's fine. <laughs> Celebrating nine years of pop culture, past and present. This is the DJ Bob Show. Happy, 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 happy birthday, birthday. one of the first promos I ever produced for the DJ Bob show and I figured this would be a great way to close it off. Nine years ago when I started this show I was 15. I was doing this because I didn't have a station to go to so I started one on my own. It wasn't even a station. It was a website. And I did a four hour live webcast in the heat, the summer heat, for four hours. Crazy. When I was doing those summer broadcasts, I didn't think it would go anywhere. I thought it would just be summer and that was it. Then it kept going. And then a couple months in, I realized I should keep this going. I really should keep this going.
but it wouldn't have kept going if it wasn't for people like you. People like you who shared the show, who promoted the show, who helped make the show what it was. And for you, I am so grateful. So we've got another year until we hit double digits. So we've got a whole summer of birthday shows to come. But let's make this year our best year yet. See you guys later. Oh, and by the way, thank you. Okay.